we're looking forward to more in this year. I don't want to tell it all, but I want to connect it to you why God is having us deal with the lies we believe. God is opening up tremendous doors for me and Carol to get into the community. That's not just me and Carol. That's urban life. Because this ministry, we are being raised up to, in our hearts and in our mind, our thinking is we're being raised up to be the kind of church that uh, people like the women's shelter can call upon us when they need help. Ready responders. We don't need to go and start a women's shelter. Somebody else already has one. Their biggest needs right now is they need people. They need. They got. A, they got a list of supplies, and I want us to do that. The, you know, the toiletries, towels, the diapers, different things that the women's shelter needs. I want us to be a part of helping them. We can. I'll put one of y'all in charge of it. I ain't gonna look at nobody. <laughs> well, just make sure. Since Carol and I are gonna go there anyway, but just collect it from everybody. You know, put it here in the back, and when we make our weekly or bi-weekly visit, we'll take it over there to them from our church. And if they need volunteers or help for different things that are going on, that we can do. Now, now it's just a small amount of us right now, but just imagine when there's a lot more of us, and there are people who that's the burden that's on their heart. They want to be a help to, to women and children in trouble. So we can help you to do that. Now what we're going through now is is part of preparing us to be able to be effective helpers when we go into that world. Because if we're still struggling with certain issues in our own life, we'll pass on that struggle to those women and to those children. If we're still believing certain these lies, we'll hear them say some things that are actually lies and we'll agree with them not knowing we're enabling them we're not helping them so we got to discover the truths ourselves so when it comes out of their mouth we don't say yeah girl that's just how it is no because they'll say something like you know this is just how life is and it's just how it's gonna be and because we still in that because we're still in that then we'll say i know what you mean and you right that's just how it is and we won't say no we went through that this week you know, a young girl telling us all the stuff that she's been going through, and it's been horrible. And guess what we did after we got through listening to her and listening to her and listening to her? And she said some things that, no, we don't agree with it, but we're just sitting there going, yeah, we know how you feel. No, we understand. But at the end of it all, guess what we did? We read to her what we just did in our devotional day. We read Psalm 139. That God saw you unformed substance in your mother's womb. And, he, and so we read it to her. This is how God feels about you. She was like, oh, I like that. I get that. <laughs> yeah, I get that. And that's what we mean. Now, God don't want it to just be pastors that can go in and do that. Especially looking at all you ladies. He wants you to be able to go in and sit down with the with the girls and if, even after they tell you what they've been through then you can take them to something as simple as you know what God's thoughts are always coming toward you that's what that's what urban life is about we're trying to raise up people who we can send out to the shelters to the drug recovery places to the prison ministries to the people that already got these things that's why we're here. So right now we're getting ourselves together. We're getting our act together. We're getting the lies getting off of us. That's what this is about. So I, I felt like it was necessary for us to make this connection. So you know that's what that's why we're doing all of this. And I don't know about you, but I would much rather be in a place where I'm actually getting help for myself and and also help that I could take to somebody else. Pass on. That I can pass on. As always, remember pay, pay it forward. forward pay it forward and for too long the church's emphasis has been on just us as believers getting what we need but we don't talk much about paying it forward getting it on to somebody else and it changes the way you listen to sermons and messages uh, uh, when you're thinking about I need to be able to pass this on to somebody else it's like the difference between uh, if you go to school to practice law you're going to learn it differently from somebody who's I'm going to school to learn law to teach law hmm. you approach it completely different 
<laughs> and so, and that's not one is not better than the other, but I'm just saying church has been all about teaching so that we can practice the law rather than learning it so that I could teach it. You're trying to hold on to a whole lot when you know I'm going to be passing this on and not just to some random people. I love the children being a, but you can pass it on to your children. Like we had to pass it on to our children. Starts always at home. So that's where we're going today. Yeah. So, could you like think of it as like, uh, that's okay. That's what we're here. So you're saying it could be like one is collecting and other is harvesting. Ah, good point. It is. It is. It's like that? Yeah. Yes. Good way to put it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely the Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Excellent visual. See why I like group talk? Because I never would have thought about that. Never would have seen it that way. That's excellent. So now I'm going to, as we get started, there's this prayer that we, we used to do this all the time, and I want to get back to it, to pray this prayer before we start every lesson. Let's just say this together. Lord, I pray that the word today would find good soil in my heart. I reject the thoughts of offense where the light of your word exposes my sin as me. I will not I will change and turn to you, my Heavenly Father. I reject condemnation. Your word says that Jesus did not come to condemn people. This word does not come to condemn me, but it comes to heal me. I reject accusation. Satan is the accuser of brothers and sisters, and this word does not come to accuse me or abuse me. This word exposes Satan and his lies. And, and I, I choose to believe and receive the truth. God says in his word, blessed are my eyes for they see and my ears for they hear. For many prophets and righteous men desired to see what I see and did not see it and to hear what I hear and did not hear it. Therefore, I will hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against or miss the will of God. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your word today thank you lord lord our hearts are open before you today i thank you for how you're just going to speak through my wife these things that you have had on her heart and uh, work through her life our hearts are open to you lord god to speak through anyone sitting at this table may those who are sitting here as well as those who will watch this online later on may their hearts be touched and changed in the name of Jesus, we pray. We decrease right now that you would increase so that everybody can hear you and not just Chris and Carol. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, baby. Thank you, Lord. So today we will be talking about self-lies. And the first self-lie that we're going to deal with is, <laughs> I must be perfect. <laughs> Some of the issues that perfectionists struggle with are feelings of inferiority, trying to overcome those feelings of inferiority by being super achievers, uh, never feeling as though they do anything well enough, setting unrealistically high standards, that, yet they hang on to them as if their whole lives depended on it, and uh, unmercifully beating themselves up when they fail to attain these standards. And you can just read along with me. Even though they feel depressed or even suicidal at times, the idea of lowering their expectations is blasphemous, much to, the, to their own destruction. They hold on to their perfectionism as if it is the only way to ensure being a happy, successful person when it ensures just the opposite. Now, and this picture of a perfectionist is, uh, would have to be the extreme end of what a perfection a perfectionist looks like. Um, I've struggled with being a perfectionist all my life, off and on, depending on what situation or issue. Um, this last job that I had working for the state, um, I worked for the Board of Review. I was an administrative assistant to a referee, and what we did was um, we hold unemployment compensation hearings um, where there were disputes. Um, I handled scheduling a referee um, and the um, and the person who uh, the uh, 
employee, I schedule hearings so that they could be heard, they could air their grievances, um, uh, but that's what I did. And it was um, an extremely stressful job. Uh, the workload that they gave us was unrealistic and they knew it. Um, yet they put the load on us and expected us to get it done. And I'm the type of person, I like to do well. Um, and even though I knew that it was unrealistic to be able to get the, the job, <laughs> to get the workload done, I still wanted to try and do it anyway because that's who I am. Um, and I mean, mm -hmm. there were times. And not only was it a serious workload, yeah. but it was extreme, de extreme details uh, mm -hmm. work. Because you messing with people's lives and yes. it was legal stuff. And it was, I mean, when, and mm -hmm. whenever you deal with a person's money, right. it's going to be tight. Right. Yeah. And a lot of legal issues. Uh, it was, and yes. so a lot of, I had to know law and I had to know unemployment compensation law. And when you're talking about that, then you're talking about things that there is no room for error. That's there what I'm talking none. about. There's no margin no, for they error. They left no margin for error. And to deal with that on a day that you, and understanding, not everybody knowing it's that unrealistic. it's un unrealistic, yet pushing you to be perfect. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were nights when I just could not, I couldn't yeah. sleep yeah. because I would be wondering, did I, did I do this right? Did I forget yeah. this? Did I forget, did I forget this? this? Did I forget that? Because there were so many details that you had to remember and to cover. Did um, I forget to put a period here, a dash there? Did I forget to send out information? information. <laughs> uh, the, there, yeah, there was a lot to this job. Yeah. And finally, I just had, I had to go. I had to leave. It was affecting not only my sleep, it was affecting my health. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I struggle because I want to do yeah. well. <laughs> and so, so I understand that. And then not only touched on that, now from my perspective, knowing that my wife is a perfectionist and I would tell her, I said, God allowed you to be on this job to deal with your perfectionism. So I, so, <laughs> so you know, that was crazy. I'm, I'm trying to get this, I'm trying to be excellent. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to do this job well yet understanding that I know that I can't do everything. Yeah. I know that I'm going to make a mistake somewhere. Um, so I, I, that was messing with my mind. Yes, it was. <laughs> and, and my emotions, because I, I would come home and I'm stressed, you know, so I'd flip out over, you know, little small things, <laughs> stupid things. Um, <laughs> he would take Johnny and just, you know, leave her Here alone. Go. Out. Yeah. Out. But the thing is, and that, that may sound crazy, why would God put you on a job, put someone on a job that demands perfect performance if it's somebody who struggles with perfectionism? And I said, so what I was always telling her was that, um, you know, the desire for, to, for excellence and said, you can only do the best that you can do. So if you make a mistake, that bears, that ain't got nothing to do, no reflection on your excellence because nobody can be perfect. And so it brought her to the point where of like, okay, um, once I've done all that I can do, I leave it alone. And so if it turns out that I forgot to send a letter out, I forgot to do this because of the incurable workload, say, well, that's the reason why. The reason why you forgot to do such and such was because of the incredible workload, not because you're not an excellent worker. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's on top of the workload, I also had to answer phones. I had to make <laughs> phone calls. So, yeah, have a good attitude with the public. And, and have, <laughs> That's the other part. And still have a good attitude with the public. Yeah. Um, the truth is, yeah. each of us feels inferior to one degree or another. That is just human nature. 
Some of us cope with inferiority feelings by accepting our imperfections and trying to do the best we can to improve. Yep. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, some struggle with these feelings by overcompensating and trying to be perfect. Any drive for perfection, though, is doomed from the start. Yes. Mm -hmm. What exactly is perfectionism? This is good. Dr. David Burns, a psychiatrist who is a leading expert on the subject, offers a good answer. I do not mean the highly healthy pursuit of excellence by men and women who take genuine pleasure in striving to meet high standards. Without concern for quality, life would seem shallow. True accomplishment would be rare. The perfectionists I am talking about are those whose standards are high beyond reach or reason. People who strain compulsively and unremittingly toward impossible goals and who measure their self-worth entirely in terms of productivity and accomplishment. Wow. Does this sound like you? <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I'm still thinking back with, uh, when we had the exchange last, you know, last time when we were going through the growth, uh, the, the, the growth work. Yeah. Uh, uh, and... Hector, Hector, Victor, Victor you brought up. You remind you know, us of a friend of ours. You, you, <laughs> you, you uh, talked about excellence not being the same thing, and 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 Savior talked about the same thing. That like I'm, I'm, I want to do things well, even though I know I can't do it perfectly. And I so I love how this guy brings out the difference, but it's mm -hmm. still. Uh, I would say that I, I think it's still a fine line. It's still a very fine line, especially when you have jobs. Many people do have jobs that demand perfect performance. Yeah. Um, we have a friend, uh, he's an anesthesiologist, and he said, I cannot make a mistake. That is my, <laughs> that is my job. Being perfect is my job. I cannot make a mistake. Tremendous pressure. Uh, but he said, but his biggest struggle is that it carries over into every other part of my life. This guy's house was spotless. spotless. And he had one of those cream colored carpets in his house. So it's one of those people, you walk in the door and you just take your shoes off. You didn't, nobody had to tell you. You know, you take your shoes off. You almost want to take your socks off. I don't, want, I don't want to leave no marks. But And even though he was warm and friendly and yeah. he didn't give nobody the side eye and all that, yeah, no. but he was so pristine that you just felt like... Right. You just walk in the door and just... Sit down, sit down and don't, don't move. move. <laughs> yeah. Well, go ahead. Does this okay. sound like you? When you achieve something, all, it's all you can say to yourself, that's what I should have done. No big deal. Not feeling any satisfaction for a job well done. If you fall short, even just a little, do you think, what is wrong with me? What a stupid idiot I am. I can't do anything right. It would be realistic <clears throat> to work on making small improvements a little at a time. Accept that perfectionism is self-defeating. Allow yourself to make mistakes that other mortals make. <laughs> I like that one. That's one of my favorite ones. Focus on doing your best without worrying how you compare to others. Be willing to see mistakes as an opportunity to learn and grow. It is said to err is human. The Bible says it this way in Romans 3, 21 through 23. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 1 John 1, 8 says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. The definition of sin is missing the mark. That's simply, that's simply what it means, missing the mark, missing God's mark, missing God's goal for your life. 
um, and I paraphrase it here in 1 John uh, 1.8, if we say that we do not miss the mark, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. The goal is to understand that we can never reach God's standard on our own. It is also to understand that we must have a genuine reliance on Christ. Live a lifestyle of heartfelt trust in Him rather than ourselves. Always understanding that we do make mistakes, but that's okay. Learn from the mistakes, grow from the mistakes, and move on um, to the next level. Yeah. A couple of things I also wanted to point out, and please feel free to jump in on this. Um, when you are a perfectionist, not only do you hold yourself to a certain standard, but we tend to, as hold perfectionists, is to hold others to it. Um, and we end up making what I call value judgments on people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because there are certain things that seem so simple to you. you. And here's how you know that you're making a value judgment on somebody else and you're you're out of a perfectionist mindset, you'll say things like, well, all they had to do was, well, I don't see why they couldn't just, well, that's because it may be something that you can achieve and you can do and you could do it very easily. Yeah, so we have natural ability. There are certain things that are just natural, it comes natural. I'll tell you, I'm going to put it in the church setting. Uh, I come from I call it a Baptocostal background, along with charismania <laughs> and all those. I've come, I've come from everything. Um, and so one thing that was well known for us to do uh, was a lot of fasting. Uh, weekend fast, you know, go from, not eat from Friday all the way until, uh, until Sunday after church. And so, uh, yeah, we did it all the time. He's shaking his head. <laughs> oh, then you won't be ready for the 21 day and the 40 day fast. Yeah. We did all angry man, <laughs> but we did all of those 21 day fast, 40 day fast. Now, uh, I just so happen to be one of those people that fasting comes easy. It's natural. It's, it's even in hereditary. my family. It's in my family. My son's already got it. They can just, once you start working on something and getting busy, don't even think about eating. Don't even think about it. So it would be unfair for me as a spiritual leader to berate people who are struggling with fasting. Well, all you got to do is, well, but that's what goes on because that's my standard. And when you have perfectionist mentality, you don't understand everybody can't do what you can do it doesn't come easy to them so you have to be very careful when you're making value judgments on people value judgment you'll even question their effort mm -hmm. it becomes legalistic it, it becomes does. very legalistic a lot of perfectionists tend to be because of their perfectionism they many many of them do achieve high levels in business or church or education and so we got a lot of perfectionists in high positions because their effort and their ability gets them there. They often end up in high positions, especially in the church world. And so, go ahead. I got a question. Do you think that perfectionistic people tend to be overthinkers? I don't know if, what do you mean by overthinker? Um, think things through, analyze, and figure if I do A, B, C, D, I can accomplish. Yeah. This is how I'll do it. They think it through, and like I'm going to do it. This is how I plan it out. I think that 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 may be part of some's personality because there may be others where they they may not necessarily have a plan, but they are just so good. They have creative genius at what they're yeah. Because a lot of the creative geniuses are like that. They're not necessarily disciplined and organized, but they'll work so hard at their craft: singing, acting, dancing. Yeah, yeah. And, and so they may not have a plan for their life and all of that, but they'll plan out every single detail of that music video. Mm -hmm. Right. And anybody in the dance crew, on the band, uh, the lighting, mm -hmm. the sound people, anybody that can't keep up, they're done with them. Yeah. No. 
somebody else get bring so somebody, else. somebody else. So give somebody else. When you see that stuff in the movies where they show this person that they call them divas and all that, yeah. diva really is a very they get a very bad knock. Really, they're just perfectionists. Right. They're good at what they do. Right. They've worked hard to get where they are. Right. And they have no tolerance, that value judgment, of mm -hmm. anybody that can't meet up to, meet up to their expectation. Because they don't know. Sometimes they're cutting down somebody who is there doing their best. best. Yeah. Right. But they don't acknowledge anybody else's best if it's not my best. Yeah, and so when you put that in church world, <laughs> are we dealing with perfectionists? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the reason that's that's tough. It is. <laughs> yeah, but you but you are. But, <laughs> that's that opening line. All I'm gonna say. Yeah, but you've probably seen what I'm talking about now. Now you you probably it's probably opening up. But that's a good point. The two of you are making an excellent point. But I, I guess so. So I guess right now this is opening up for you. Yeah, that your standard, and that's not even saying that your standard is bad. It's just simply saying that. You are so good at what you do in that area that you, it, it can be like the difference between what's walking for you is running for your baby. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. yeah. Right. They just, yeah. Yeah, black and white, yeah. And, yeah. Or it isn't, yeah. And that's often how it is. With, now, that's one thing that maybe that's what your question is. Do perfectionists tend to be more black and white? And they do. They do tend to be more black and white and not gray. True. Black and white means you're, let's see, it's either. more of a J than more of a I'm sorry, I'm picking personality. Oh, you're going <laughs> to, you can't help it, can you? No, I can't. A J personality is black and white. Okay. Yeah. Wow. But as you can see, but it takes, and what, what, and even when we have a discussion like this, for all of the perfectionists that are in this room and those that are watching this, <laughs> hi. <laughs> um, it's not saying that the. It's not a knock on you. What we're dealing with is perfectionism. Because a whole lot of our, there is a reason why. And that's that's sure. the. There is a reason why you you took on you and I took on that mindset, that mindset, that outlook on life, that way of dealing with life. Mm -hmm. There is a reason why. Mm -hmm. It can be everything from fear, fear of failure. Uh, um, Wow, long range whatever, list. It, yeah, whatever. I can tell you one reason. Go ahead. Go ready. My dad was perfectionistic to the Ooh. nines. Yeah. I mean, he was black and white thinker. Yeah. And there's and no in between. There was no in between. And he was like, you do it this way or you get the, you bring the belt out. I mean, okay. pretty much. Yeah. And I naturally was not that way. Yeah. But I became that way. Yeah. And then sure. over time, I'm like, I can't live like this anymore. Yeah. yeah, it's unrealistic. And that's because some of the things that we have brought up. And that, that's a, that's just one of the things. First one, the ones I brought up. You know, it brings up a tendency to judge others. Yeah. That's my that's my whole point. Yeah. Is that when you are a perfectionist, you tend to judge others based upon out of your lens, mm -hmm. and not really ex, not deal with others where they really are perfectionists more than any other group I will say this struggle the most with understanding other people's worldview <laughs> they struggle the most with it because you just can't imagine life any other way 
than black or white. It either is or it isn't. Because it leads to this. You see yeah. the end result of yeah. that choice. And so you think, well, what? That how could you not sense. see how that? Could not how could you see? not see that? Yeah. How could you not see that? Yeah. I want to touch on two things. Sorry. Uh-huh. The first one I want to say, I, I agree with this, what it says on the first page. Mm-hmm. Accomplishment. Like I fulfilled anything. Yeah. It, and I kind of get a sense of like it was just something that I just knew I was going to achieve. Like it's, 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 yeah. it's nothing. Okay. You know? And it's not. It's not even just my. That, that's my perspective on a, a big accomplishment. Or uh -huh. It's just like it's been like that forever. Okay. Like I don't know how to. Just like I'm, I was supposed to do. I was supposed to be yeah. able to do. It, it's like um, I subconsciously knew I was going to achieve it. So when yeah. I achieved it. It was no big deal. Yeah. yeah. You know, it wasn't a surprise. And, and, and I don't kind of think that as perfectionism. I just think of it as more, it's, it's just something that's in you. Like, I'm just, I'm just yeah. meek at accomplishments. <laughs> <laughs> Be happy about it, what you just <laughs> did. Yeah. But that's what, but that's what. And I think it's like where my joy kind of, I take more joy in just like watching her. Watching, yeah. yeah color or watching him color or watching them interact and talk to each other and yeah. on a conversation. Yeah. That that give me like the accomplishment or, or the, the feeling of, of um it give me the the, the reward the yes. reward of a big achievement opposed to me say closing a multi million dollar Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Business deal. I'll be meek about that but watching my kids interact and stuff like that. That's know. I think you're that's because there might be two different Two different things that you are looking at. Yeah. Uh, one is, yes, there is an element of humility yeah. about the accomplishment. But what this is really is addressing is, is when there's no joy in the accomplishment because your standard is so high that, that you when you accomplish it, you don't even realize how great of an accomplishment it is. Yeah. That's what they're talking about. Yeah. And my, as a as a humble person, you're yeah. going, well, I just did what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. You know, you know, firemen do it all the time. Yeah. Law enforcement. <laughs> oh, I'm just doing my job. We're like, no, dude, you ran into a building yeah. that was on fire. That was on fire to rescue people. No, I'm just doing my job. And they are right from the standpoint. I'm just doing my job. But but what we're all looking at is. You don't gotta do you do you understand that you didn't have to be a fireman in the first place? The very fact that you chose this as your career is awesome. But well, they're just going, eh, it's just my job. And so that's why I said it's kind of like two different things. So we fully acknowledge the fact that you're a humble person, and that's the reason why you're not going to pat yourself on the back about it. But there should be jobs. But there should be satisfaction and joy about it and if there's no joy about it yeah. then that that's not talking about your humility that's no. talking about your standard is so high that now you can't enjoy your accomplishments yeah. and you need to be able to enjoy what you accomplish yeah, yeah. that's healthy that's healthy yeah. and it's not going to make you brag it you're not going to be bragging but at no, least you'll have joy that you'll have the satisfaction yeah. the same satisfaction that you do in watching your children yeah. part of the reason why you have that joy in watching your children is because you don't have this great big high standard on them. Some parents do. So you look at your children and you're you're happy with what they accomplished. Now, if you had a standard like, well, you should be able to run, you know, you should have been walking and talking by the time you was six months. Well, and there are parents who have those levels of stuff on and therefore they never appreciate their kids' accomplishments because the parent's standard is so high, they never recognize what a great thing your child is doing right now. Yeah, yeah that's great yeah. you should say that because my dad was always like that. Mm. So I felt like he never, he didn't appreciate what I did. Mm -hmm. So then I didn't do well. Yeah. yeah. So I did, I did well for a while. Then my grades just went down. Now he was, he went to MIT. 
Tough standard. This guy's genius, right? So, and I always thought of myself as stupid, right? So, because I couldn't measure up and I got terrible grades. I mean, only recently have I figured out that I'm, you know, like borderline genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it took years for my dad. But the pressure, the pressure of the unrealistic. Well, I wouldn't say it was unrealistic. It was there. The potential was there. The potential was there. But because. You, the standard was set so high, yeah. it just, I can't give do it. Up. Yeah. He didn't I know how to give up. To yeah. And then in later years, he started saying that he was proud of me. Wow. As he aged, he yeah. became a Christian. And, you know, so. and yeah, that was prob- more likely dealt with some of the things that, yeah, that yeah. he had believed. And I had the same, similar. My, my, when I struggled with math, my father started calling me math major. Math major, he would say things like, "You're gonna be a math major." He would gave me encouragement while I, when I was struggling with math, he started saying, he started referring to, change my nickname. He gave me a and he just simply called me math major, and but it, it was no pressure. He wasn't saying, "You're gonna get A's." You know, he just started saying, "Oh, you're gonna, you're a math major." You're, you. And so what I mean. That's genius because what he did, he planted a seed. He planted yeah. a seed. Yeah. Right. Why is he calling me that? And so there wasn't a pressure to perform. There was a desire to perform. And there's a difference between the desire to perform versus the pressure to perform. And I think that that's part of what happens to you. If you unknowingly, this kind of, this is that subconscious stuff. There's this pressure to perform rather than the desire. And I think you really got both. You have the desire to do well, and at the same time, the pressure to do well, which we all have. Because mm-hmm. some, sometimes, you know, I, I want to do well on my job, but you get external pressure from somebody to try to make you do and be something that you are not mm-hmm. or at the pace that you can't go. Mm-hmm. I even had the wherewithal to do this. On, at one point on my job, I was the only man. And so uh, – we go into staff meetings and the ladies would talk as women do. You guys can do this. You can carry on four or five conversations all at the same time with one another sitting at the table. Hmm. I cannot. Hear, hear me, ladies. Most men, <laughs> not, not will not, Can. cannot. cannot. Look at a man conversation. Look at a man. One talks at a time. <laughs> oh, and so I, I said that. I did it jokingly. I said, hey, ladies, ladies I, I can't. I can't do that. If you know, we got an agenda. Go through one thing at a time. Stick this. But they can go, and they can, and cover everything in the meeting. Women can do that. They can cover everything in a meeting without following the agenda. Yeah. And so when you go off on the tangents, as a man, we go off on the tangent with you. Now we don't know at what point of conversation y'all came back to the agenda. Because we're still going off on the kids and the thing, and then so by the time we make our way back, y'all done went through three or four more points on the agenda. Like, I'm lost. I, I can't do that. Now, I would jokingly do that kind of thing, but I did it. That's the point. I did it all the time with the women on my job. Say, I'm a man. I would just say that. I'm a man. I can't follow that. I, and so that became kind of an ongoing thing. But it helped many to understand where am I getting my there are, many women have made value judgments uh, on men because of that difference and they've called it laziness they've called it insincerity uh, lack of effort and they're like no just no I, I can't I can't do that yeah, they tried uh, in school. They we tried did. labeling Johnny. Uh, Johnny uh, tried to tell us that he had um, a, a learning disability. And no, right? No. In fact, one of his uh, his fifth grade teacher gave him a a geography um, uh, problem. Geometry test. A geometry, geometry problem. problem verbal. An oral problem for him to work out. Fifth grade. And it was above his grade level. He did it. So, no, he's not stupid. He's bored. (laughs) (laughs) He's not slow. He's bored. Which is why I actually think that they even uh, called my parents and I 
I told them I was bored in class. I knew what they were talking about. Yeah. So that I don't want to get way off but the subject, but I'm just no, but I'm making, but I'm making, talking about the value judgments that are based upon based upon a standard. And there's a standard that's in your mind, and it's real to you because it is you. It's your world. You live in it all the time. And so when you introduce, when other people come into your world and that's not their, yeah, yeah. that's not their learning modality, not their that's not their love language. Y'all yeah. know about all this. And so when somebody comes into your world and that's not the way they perceive the world, right. that's not the way they process. Yeah. Some people are very linear. My wife is a very linear I, uh, person. I can. One, although it, it just depends on what, what it, it is. is. Now, if she's cooking, she'd be like a mad scientist. She's got four or <laughs> five things going on all at the same time. <laughs> But basically, her life process, though, is one thing at a time, whereas my process is more mosaic. I can have this going on, this going on, this going on, this going on. And it doesn't All look like it connects. And it don't look like it's going on. So she'll, she'll stop, and she'll be, be something as simple as if we're getting ready to go to church. We're getting ready to come here. She does everything. One gets her clothes ready. I have a routine. And she has a routine that she follows. And so I don't have a routine. I've been here and there and there. Which is and I'm why upstairs, he downstairs, can never and find his glasses. And I can't, can't find, find stuff. <laughs> and then, but what always happens, right? Mm -hmm. I say we're going to leave at a certain time. I'm on time. And I've thrown off my whole family because it looks like dad is running crazy, running around doing all a bunch of stuff. And I say, everybody be ready. I so everybody's sitting watching and waiting because yeah. it looks like dad ain't doing nothing. Yeah. And so we got more time to get ready. We got more time to wait. <laughs> and so, so it throws off everybody because that looks like we can we can we got more time, to, got get more time to get ready because dad's doing all this other kind of stuff. <laughs> See, you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I've heard to learn to do. I, yeah. can't, I can't look and at so what he's doing. That became one of our marital things. That said, yeah. I said, I said, dear, do I don't, to. don't, don't follow me. Don't yeah, watch me. That. Just go ahead and get ready. And I yeah. guarantee you. I'm going to be we on time. We're going to come there at the same place at the same time. So, she follow her linear pattern that she never breaks and I'm doing my random and we both leave we're both ready same time so what I'm getting at is often what people do is all of us do it you'll start watching person who that's not your world and that was one of our marital things I irritated her being all random like that it was irritating and again she can't look at it see her now she just I can't look at her I just can't watch it <laughs> but we learn how to not make a value judgment saying why are you so slow why you got to do it the same way every single time why has got to be the same thing every single time so that's what I mean about making value judgments you'll start determining the worth or the value of their way of doing things rather than just accept it just, just accept it don't try yeah, to get in the change. Let, yeah, here's the no. point of agreement. Let's at least be ready to go time. at the same However way we get there, <laughs> this is the desired time that we want to leave the house. <laughs> do what you got to do. But that's what I say. And I said that the perfectionists, they struggle yeah. with the gray, yeah, right. with the people who, that they will struggle with me. A perfectionist who had to work with me would struggle with me because you're unto, you're too unpredictable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm not sure that by the end of the day you're gonna have all your work done. Yeah. but yes, I will. Yeah, and I can't just walk up to your working space and see everything is neat and in order and. That don't mean nothing. Because they go by such phrases as you know, a cluttered mind means a cluttered desk. And so I'd be like, so what does an empty desk mean? <laughs> and he has said it. Said, so what does an empty desk mean? Empty mind? No. <laughs> I tell you what, everything don't is. Don't touch it. Everything is. Don't touch it. Just don't touch it. Don't touch it. That's when I don't touch it. Don't touch it. It's right. 
Now, here's the other issue that's often at stake, and I, I really want to open. When we, I knew we wouldn't get past this first one anyway. So we got that cheat. Just bring it back every week because we'll probably get through one a week. <laughs> um, here's another one. Anybody ever heard this scripture uh, where it says, Be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect? This is a big struggle. I got a whole nother sheet that I wanted you guys to look at. Oh, that's the. This is the perfect one. Yeah, I didn't turn. Pass, take one and pass those. Pass it along. Whoops. Nope. Oh, ain't nothing in there. Because in the church world, perfectionism. And I don't care what the denomination it is, Protestant or Catholic, Judea, uh, Judaism or Islam, mm -hmm. everybody mm -hmm. has this teaching and emphasis on perfectionism. Mm -hmm. You must be perfect. So this comes from what you what I want us to read together. This comes from um, one of our midweek letters that we emails that we sent out way back in 2007 or eight. This is an old one. Yeah, I want you to read that. Okay. Well, for some reason, God has us digging into this issue of perfection versus perfectionism. Carol and I shared regarding numerous issues, but one of the key points was to bring clarity to what Jesus meant by what he said in Matthew 5, 43 through 48. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully, spitefully use you and persecute you, that you, may be, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and, send, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. For many years, most believers have been pounded with the words, be ye perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. This passage has been drilled into us as the foundational teaching regarding holiness and living a clean, pure life before the Lord. Now, let me be absolutely clear that we teach and live holiness in this ministry. It's just that in this passage of scripture, holiness is not what Jesus was referring to. If you put these words of Jesus into context, Jesus was talking about loving our enemies. Then the Lord tells us to be perfect like our Father in heaven is perfect. What was he saying regarding this perfect state of being? It is my understanding that he was telling us to be perfect in our expression of love to our enemies, just like our Heavenly Father is perfect in his expression of love to those same people. He was giving us, a, he was giving us practical ways to express that perfect love when he said, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. One of the basic meanings of the word perfect is to be unreserved and unconditional. It actually means to express or give in words, deeds, gifts, or talents without pre-qualifying the recipient. It means to give to them without holding back anything. Give them your best. Give them the most. Give them the truth. Give to them whether they deserve it or not. That's what a perfect gift is. That's what perfect love is. That's how God is. Now you can see why Jesus would say, be perfect in your love, gifts and expressions, like your heavenly father is perfect. The reason we're dealing with perfectionism is because it is not the same as being perfect. Perfectionism seeks after flawless performance, and it judges and predetermines whether a person deserves our time, talents, treasure, or kindness. This passage is not about being flawless and never making a mistake or never committing any sin so as to try to attain eternal life. 
This was about the mature expression of the love of God in practical everyday situations so that we can truly be children of God, to be an expression of who we really are. We find this new understanding of this scripture to be one of the most liberating truths that we desire to release in this generation. The stranglehold of religion has people trying to live a flawless life and at the same time in pride judging the flaws in others based upon standards that are mere misinterpretations of the word of God. Now you see why we spend so much time in teaching and prayer. It's been a very slow and delicate process, but we believe it is because God is doing heart surgery on us. As God is moving us closer to public ministry beyond our monthly prayer gatherings, he is preparing our hearts. If we are annoyed and irritated by people on our jobs and in the neighborhood, we will be annoyed and irritated by the people that come to our public gatherings. I'm always aware of the Lord testing our hearts before opening doors for us. I know that if we cannot pass this test, we will not qualify for the increase. The principle of increase is this, faithful over a little, ruler over much. If we cannot love now, we will not be given more people to care for and shepherd. Part of the reason churches remain small is because they cannot pass this test. If they can only embrace people that are easy to love, they cannot ever grow. We must love the unlovable and embrace the ungrateful and unruly. Personally, I hate seeing believers compare themselves and their life's situations and experiences to other people in order to justify their intolerance. They have forgotten or they have never been aware of how much they have been forgiven. We must desire to be perfect like our Heavenly Father is perfect. He wakes us up each day and protects us along the way. His sunrise was for us just like it was for the one who curses us. His cooling rainfall is for us, just like it is for the one who hates us. Therefore, we dare not look down on them, for we would be the same as them if it had not been for the grace of God. Now he chooses to use us to extend his grace to them. Overcomers under orders. Yeah. And that's a good spot to end <laughs> for today. Wow. Wow.